Predictable Podcasts. Predictable Podcasts. There's a million of them out there. Dabbling about the same old boring stuff. But trust me, my friend, this is not one of them. This is Diary of a Bald Man. He's bald, and he's completely off his damn rocker, and I love that about him. Safety, dinosaurs, relationships, the many uses of a can of Raid in the bedroom. Hold on. Did I uh, read that right? What the... What the f*** happened there? All right. <clears throat> Let's do this. Welcome to Diary of a Bald Man. Now your host, the cue ball himself, Alan Wooford. Hey, Sinners, thank you for joining us on today's episode, Then and Now. So, I'm not going to do the usual. You know, usually I come out and say, hey, today's recording day, today's this, today's that. And the reason I'm not doing it, I'm actually having to record this over a series of dates. So I want to apologize firsthand and up front uh, if I sound a little rough, a little odd. Uh, had to go do a COVID test. I'm good. I'm fine. God forbid, pray for people that, you know, do have SARS or do have the flu or do have things going on in their life. Uh, allergies are kicking me, muscle pains, things like that. But, you know, that's one of the things we have to do as we grow older. And I never thought I'd live past 35. Fuck, I'm 54 now, getting ready to turn 60. At at least that's the way it feels. But, you know, it was kind of interesting how this show actually came about. So just to be able to get the show out, I had to take additional B12, airborne, stuff like that. Because I have a responsibility to you, the listener, to get out there and put information out. It may never be anything that you need to hear. You've heard it a thousand times. You know better. You've already licked that frozen pole and know never to stick your tongue to it again. But you keep coming back, and I'm thankful for that. So, what's where'd this come from? Well, after the Janice episode came out, you know, talking about the two sides... You know, we talked about Sam Goodman's book and we talked about uh, other books that were coming out. And people were like, what does that have to do with two personalities? Well, we both have it. So our duality, or duality, I should say, comes from our professional sides and our personal sides. Well, then and now is just that as well. What I'm trying to refer to is back then, back in the day, now, you guys can't see me. I'll make sure that, you know, when I'm building up the Mind and Constant Motion page and I'm putting the historical photos so you could see what I was then and where I'm at now, you could see how our past, the flip of the coin, various features like that will change our life. We don't have to make a conscious decision on everything we do. Sometimes we just have to take and gamble. And, you know, like I'm gambling right now, I'm hoping that by getting this show out, I'm not coughing and hacking and sneezing. Not that it's going to affect you, you know, but you want to put out a semi-quality piece. Really, we want to put out quality, right? Because that's our name. We're sticking to it. And are we going to have bad days? You're damn right. Does that mean we stop? You never stop. You don't let anything get in front of you. There's going to be times you have to. Family, health, work, other circumstances. But in this duality, 
uh, what came about after the Janus episode and came out, you know, the Valley of Death was a lot of people heard me referring to the previous life. You know, and by previous life, I'm talking about before I came back to lower 48. And that's what people in Alaska call the continental U.S., lower 48. And if you're in Hawaii or Wake Island or Guam, we'd say the mainland, you know, because where we were a territory or, you know, an offset piece of American property, we had different references. So people that were listening to the show and they'd look at some of the historical photos and, you know, depending on which listening platform you get on, iTunes doesn't show the cover art like Spotify does. So like, you know, for instance, you look at the 2017 uh, death, you know, through the Valley of Death, you can't see where I'm standing uh, behind two hazmat, hazwopper students that I'm training, right? You just see that primary cover of my beautiful bald head with that Alaskan sunlight just bouncing off it and making me squint. But, you know, all this does come together. And when you look back, you know, while you're sitting there, hands to your side, just like we talked about in Janice, finding your core, finding your balance, we never always had core. We never always had balance. There was a lot of times we were flighty and we'd say, hey, my friends are doing this, but the wife needs this. Let me let me do this, then I'll go out with them. So in today's episode, what we're talking about is the choices we made in the past and how it affects us now. And when we get back, we'll jump right into that. But before we go, I want you to think, you know, Alan weighs 200 pounds now, 200, you know, back in 2010 through 2014, I weighed up to 330 pounds. That's a big stack of shit. And now I'm down to 200. It's still a tall stack of shit, but it's what happened from that 330 pounds to now 200 pounds that made a world of difference. It's going to make a difference in you when we return. It might be hard to imagine, but there's a place where you can find a restaurant on every corner. A place where you can eat like a king for as little as a dollar. It might be hard to imagine, but this is the same place where the school lunches aren't just delicious, they're themed. With palate pleasers like mozzarella stick Mondays, taco Tuesdays, and French Fridays. Heck, even pizza counts as a vegetable here. This is a place where the fast food just keeps getting faster. You can even order delivery right from your video game console. And how's the food, you ask? Well, it is to die for. Don't believe us? Just ask the friends and family of the 300,000 who did last year. Welcome to the state of America. Welcome to Obesity USA. Population 115 million and getting bigger by the day. To learn more, go to visitobesity.org. That's visitobesity.org. Brought to you by the Pennington Biomedical Research Foundation. Alan Wolford has produced this podcast for entertainment purposes. Neither this nor any other podcast he produced constitute legal, medical, marital, sexual, or professional advice. The opinions and views presented by Alan are his own and do not reflect the views or opinions of employers, clients, family, Facebook groupies, promotional sponsors, or baby Jesus. Any health information shared or mentioned as an alternative does not create any patient-physician relationship or other professional relationship between the audience and the presenters. No person listening to any podcast 
podcast from this rocket surgeon should act or refrain from acting based on the content of a podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice and or counseling. Nor shall the information be used to substitute for professional advice and counseling. As stated earlier, this show is for entertainment purposes, not how to lead or change your life. Do what is best for you or what your spouse approves of. Alan Wooford and all guests of the show expressly disclaim all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on any and all contents of this site. Man, I'm glad we took that short break. I had a coughing spill come up and sinus drainage and just all kinds of shit. So I had to readjust, you know, because, excuse me, again, while we're getting into a message, we want to be clear. So you heard about the obesity USA from Pennington Biomedical, and then you heard where Keith had to do a disclaimer. How fucking sad is that, that they actually took out an ad because, you know, to U.S. standards, we have so much obesity. So many people die a year from being obese. And I can honestly speak to that. Like I said, I've got the photos. I've got my physicals. I can, you know, you want a copy of it? I'll scan that motherfucker and I will send it to you. My A1C was just horrible. You know, I was close to 350 pounds. I had, as I put out in my other podcast, you know, when I was going from Wake Island to Alaska, they had to give me a seatbelt extension. I had a 3X shirt that said, I eat small people. So when I'm telling you this, I'm not pointing out, oh, you know, I see a lot of large people walking around me. I used to be one of them. You could throw a fucking football at me and it would start rotating around me. I had my own gravitational pull. I had my own orbit. You know, I'm speaking from experience. So any of you fat fuckers out there, and I say that with love because I used to be one of you. I used to have that jovial personality that came around with the weight and everything else, you know, because I wasn't so centered about how people perceive me visually because I was big. I was a big motherfucker. I I saw it, you know, I'd go check in at the airport because I traveled a lot and they'd say, how much do you weigh on one leg? And I was like, you know, I sucked at math and I said, "I, I couldn't tell you. So they'd throw me on luggage scale. So what brought this up? Like I said, I'd done the Janus episode, you know, talking about the duality and balance. Then I talked about the Valley of Death and people had seen some of the photographs and they was like, wait a minute, I thought you were obese and all. Well, that's the key word. I was, I were, I don't want to say I were, I was. So what helped me? And, And I'll give you some ideas. When I got into the doctor's office, and this was up in Alaska, you know, we had to work at a remote location. So we did physicals. They didn't want you to die while you're out there. They didn't want you to have some serious medical complications, right? So they had given me metformin. I was supposed to be taking 500 milligrams of it, right? And that was supposed to help with the type 2 diabetes. My A1C, fuck, at one point it was like 11 you know, that, that's catastrophic. That's catastrophic. They had me on 10 milligrams of lincinopril for the stress on my heart because they said, well, you got these stressors. Well, no shit. You know, you're moving 330 pounds. And what's odd, I didn't wobble. I could walk. I had strength from carrying that because it was, you know, it was a gradual buildup while I was on Wake Island. Had a lot of depression, cortisol, 
all these different things that we don't think about when we're under stress. You know, so don't fucking tell me, oh, I've got a thyroid issue. No, you got a fucking hand-to-mouth issue. You know, and not not everybody. Some people do have legitimate, legitimate family history. They have legitimate glandular issues or hormone issues. Because think about it. Where I told you previously, right now, I'm going through hormone replacement therapy at Total Hair and Body in Knoxville. So by me going from 100, 100 on a scale like 1 to 800, let's just go roughly there. I probably have the testosterone level of like an 80, 90-year-old man. So that that played a big part on it. Is it cheap? Is it easy? No, it, it's not. But if you think about what we spend on beverages and food and snacks and shit like that, and you take that and it's like, man, I can really budget this. And you're going to live better. All right? But talk to your primary care physician. I mean, that's sad as fuck that I had to put a disclaimer in so people wouldn't come out and say, I'm going to sue you because this didn't work for me. I'm not telling you what name brands, what dosages, stuff like that. You got to research and find out for yourself. Because think about this. You know, I'm going to give you some information. This is going to blow you away about how simple it was, but it cost more and it took finding my right balance. So I told you, you know, when I got up there, I weighed 330 pounds. They were fit checking me and stuff like that. And when that physician had that chart, you know, I had numerous numbers. The numbers, think of this as a serial number. So my serial number was on the bottom. The people above me were people that that physician had dealt with. So he had a graph. It had my current body mass index. It had my current blood sugar. It had my current uh, caloric intake. It had my cortisol levels. It had so much information. And as it went up, it stopped. And I was like, okay, I, I see that it's progressing. It goes, no, in five years at your current rate, because he had my medical records all the way back, you know, from like uh, my first year on Wake Island. So he said in 2005, you weighed 240 pounds. You weren't bad. You were you were chunky. And he goes, and these were your blood levels. This was your sugar level. This was your sodium, creatine, everything. And as he was going up the chart, he progressed and said, these are where these people were at until they got to that point. And I said, what happens at? He goes, in five years, you're dead. That's what changed me. That's why we went from then to now. So... They started me on the same regimen that they do for anybody that's pre-diabetic, diabetic, you know, having stress and all this stuff. So they gave me the metformin, the lincinopril. They said, do this, do that, eat five times a day instead of the way you're currently doing, doing these small amounts, do high proteins. And I jumped in. It was hard because, you know, you, you develop these muscle memories. I'm going to grab a Coke. I'm going to grab a sweet tea. I'm going to grab, yeah, that's a Cinnabon. I'm going to take it into a half. And I had to research, into, you know, because I could not eat five times a day. I couldn't do it. And when you're working in a remote setting, you don't have a lot of options. You've got what they had in the dining hall, what you had shipped to you through Amazon or whatever your uh, preference was. So my parents were sending me care packages, you know, and saying, oh, you got these nuts, these lemon cookies, because I worked in a cheat day. Cheat day is very important. Cheat day is absolutely important. And we'll get into that in a minute. So while you're thinking, don't just think it's about diabetes. Don't just think that it's about stress level and you're taking lincinopril for this. You know, look at your cardiovascular health. Look at everything. What, what makes it so worse? Is it your smoking? 
Is it your stress? Do you need to step the fuck off that bus that's going at a high rate of speed and go in another direction? Think about these little things as we go through just my diabetes. All right? 330 pounds of Allen. That's a lot to fucking love. I could have crushed you with my shadow. So here's what happened. So I'm on the island, right? I'm getting these care packages. I'm eating packs of tuna. And I like the tuna. Don't get me wrong. I like fish. So that was one thing that made it great. But then the dining hall closed at a certain time. So I packed food. You always packed extra food at night for the simple reason. Where we were out on Shemya, if by odd chance we went into a phase two or phase one, the winds and everything would be so volatile, you couldn't leave the building. So they may have the dining room shut down. They may have this shut down. So you'd be stuck in your room for a day, day and a half. Uh, I don't think I ever stayed in mine longer than the day and a half that I can remember. But you had to take food with you. We had little kitchenettes in the barracks. And a lot of us would, you know, we'd share things and we'd do things. But basically, you had to make sure that whatever your palate wanted, whatever you needed for your caloric intake, you took with you. So by doing this, I started to gradually get better. But what made my turning point was, you know, I'd start hitting the treadmill every night. I mean, I walked a lot during the day, but you know, the more uh, cardiovascular and stuff you do, that that helps to burn things off, right? So I started doing that. Um, the hardest thing, to be honest, was stopping the Cokes and the Sweet Teas. Now on the island, one of the things we didn't have, we did for a while, but bottled water was so hard to transport, took up so much space that, you know, they stopped sending it out there. We have water, don't get me wrong, but where we had the option bottle. So I bought a purifying filter, you know, and I used that purifying filter and made my water and stuff. But it was hard to get away from the sodas because where I could get the caffeine and, you know, things like that because you, you can't drink coffee 24 hours a day. So what I did is I started modifying, but what killed me, what absolutely killed me, and don't stop just because I'm telling you this affected me, that metformin tore my guts up. I couldn't handle it, you know, because I'd go, I'd be working on the airfield or if I was up in the tower, if I was out on uh, certain other things and my guts would hit me and it's like, you've got to go download right now. You have got to empty your bowels. And it was at the worst times and it, it, it was painful and it was constant, you know, because it was trying to recalibrate my body. And that's what I hate about prescription stuff. You know, they'd say either 500 or 1,000 milligrams. So I started researching options and, and we're just focusing on the blood sugar and then we'll get to the other stuff. But again, I spoke to my doctor. I said, I can't do this. You know, I, I can't do the medication. So I looked up what would be good for me. Now, here's the hazardous part to some people, about going into holistic stuff, right? Your doctor may need you on those high dosages because you were really fucked up like I was at the time with my blood sugar. Remember, my A1C was over 11. So we were having to take drastic action. <coughs> Excuse me. So I researched and found out about, about Ceylon cinnamon. Acts as, you know, a form of insulin. Just think about, you know, using... If you're cooking, using applesauce instead of oils and things like that. You know, we were looking for something. But the problem when you go holistic is, I was 330 pounds. How much fucking cinnamon do you use? The metformin was 500 milligrams. So it took weeks and months to find the balance of cinnamon 
to help me with certain things. It wasn't just cinnamon. You have to have magnesium, you know, to process sugar in your body. And it wasn't just magnesium. I was having to take things, you know, for cholesterol. So I was looking at the chromium picolinate. I was looking at everything that would help my body up, right? And again, we all have various issues with our body. So where I could use cinnamon and I could use magnesium and I could use fenugreek or what they call testophen to help with sugar, you had to be careful because not knowing, you know, was dangerous because I could take too much fenugreek and insulin, my sugar would drop, you know, because where I was trying to control a diet and my body was used to certain things. So I didn't have all the problems I have for, with metformin. I started losing weight. Yeah, it was not fast. You don't want to go too fast. You know, you're, you've already had your body in trauma. So then I started looking at the other things for stress. And one of the craziest things I found out was basically, you know, a hot pepper. It was cayenne pepper. So cayenne pepper, for some reason, helped alleviate my blood pressure. Um, the working out, obviously, did because I'm a smoker. I drink caffeine. So, you know, I've got these secondary influences, you know, outside of just being fat. And so I started researching on vitamins and holistic stuff. I really got into apple cider vinegar because one of the things about fat fuckers like me at that time, you'd start getting yeast infections, right? Because of the sugar in your body. And then all of your, uh, you know, <laughs> your gut flora and everything else is jacked up because of all the carbs and things like that. But what it made it easier was where I was trying to come off. I'd worked in this day that I call my cheat day. So a cheat day is where I had a strict regimented diet. I ate salads. I ate all the protein I could get my hands on. Fish, beef, you know, all the stuff that I really enjoyed and that the great people on Shimya cooked for us. And then on my cheat day, I could have sweets. I could have sodas. But what I noticed was on my cheat day, I didn't want those sweets and sodas. Because that intake of sugar and the sugar load that came from them tore my guts up. So I started finding that the things I thought I really wanted, I couldn't handle. Oddly enough, the one thing I could cheat, you know, cheat on was ice cream. The damnedest thing. I wasn't, yeah, man, you're in Alaska in the wintertime. Who would have thought ice cream? But for some reason, the type ice cream I ate was Rocky Road. And I'm not saying it's any better or any worse than vanilla nut or anything like that. But for some reason, it didn't kill my guts. So where I'd have these pastries on my cheat day, where I'd have extra pizza, you know, all these carb things, which is not a bad thing. I didn't want them. And I'd eat them and I was like, yeah, I'm not really missing out so much. And I love breads. Holy shit. You give me some crusty French bread with olive oil and balsamic vinegar. And oh my God, I'd eat you under the table. And I, when I'd get off island and I got into Anchorage, I'd go to Moose's Tooth. You got to Google Moose's Tooth. Take your ass to Anchorage. If you don't do another thing other than see the Aurora Borealis and go to Moose's Tooth, oh, that's all you need. Fuck everything else, especially around first tap. Their raspberry hepavicin, oh my God. Uh, I, j I just had a moment. I just had a gastronomical erection. That, that was so good. I mean, my chubby cheeks back then, I'd get off island. I'd get checked into the hotel. I'd go down to the moose's tooth and I'd get a large pizza, uh, basically a carnivore. I mean, every kind of meat, because to me that was healthy, right? 
Um, the pizza was designed for like four people, but I said to hell with that and folded it in half and made a calzone. So that reduced it to like two people, right? I mean, that was my thought process. And because I had a plate of the Thai sweet wings, I mean, that was protein, right? And a pitcher of raspberry hepavicin. There it is again. Yeah, gastronomical erection. So anyhow, these things were going on and I started getting better. Mental clarity was still out because where I had the yeast blooms from, all the wreckage I'd done to, you know, my intestines and my stomach. So I had to fight and I had to balance. What made this so spectacular for me was that the medical professionals that I was working with, you know, they wanted me to stick on the metformin. But due to the testing that I was doing, and they could see I was bringing my A1C down, you know, they asked me about the frustrations of trying to find the right balance of cinnamon or, you know, how much magnesium. And then think about that. How many different damn magnesiums are there? Citrate, uh, magnesium thiolene. You know, you got to find the right one that's going to work with your body because every type of magnesium is different. You know, and then they, we start bringing in zinc. Then we started doing other minerals. And then I started learning about amino acids. You know, we take risk when we get off our prescribed program by our physicians. You know, they have certain dosages. And it's great if they can send you to somebody that does compression, uh, you know, and they can build the right milligrams, microcardiograms, whatever it is you need for your body, you know, and you go to a compounding pharmacist and they can do that. But it, you're, again, you're looking at finances. It is not cheap to be healthy. Go to any fucking McDonald's. You can get here in Dandridge, Tennessee, you can get two sandwiches for $3.19. Not exactly sure why it's $3.19, but that just seemed like an odd number, that 19. But you go to any of the restaurants now, it is fucking impossible to get a salad. Perkins has a salad that the wife loves. I mean, I like greens, but certain things tear up my stomach, especially tomatoes. And those are good. You know, you got lycopene and stuff like that that's in there that's good for you. But it just, it's just hard. Uh, I, I love certain vegetables. I don't, I'm not so much for cooked except for certain things. But eating healthy will cost you an arm and a leg. And you can go out and get hamburgers and fries for like five fucking dollars. And then you go get a salad. It's $9. But now you can't find it. Look what happened to people during the pandemic, right? They'd get Uber Eats. They'd get the food things. The, the better restaurants were closed because they just didn't have the people to come in and cook. McDonald's, all your fast food things, it, it wasn't anything, you know, for Taco Bell to be using Uber Eats and some of these other delivery services. And people were, you know, getting into that. And then when you go to a grocery store, God forbid... There was no regular food to be found. You couldn't even find canned vegetables in a lot of areas. You know, you couldn't find proteins because, you know, the meat packers associations and all them, because they had to shut them down. You know, they were checking animals because animals do carry SARS. You know, that's that's a, a big thing. So there was so much goes into it. So people were buying snack cakes, lots of bread, if they could find the bread, peanut butter and jelly, high carb things which I'm not telling you how to live your life. You know, I don't give a fuck. You live your life however you want to. I want you to live. One day, everybody that's listening to the show, it'd be great if we could get together. I don't know who the hell you are, you know. But what brought this show in was people listening to the show, listening to where I used to be, 
and saying, Alan, tell us some of the stuff you did. You know, give us some insight. We're at a loss. I'm, I'm obese. I'm heavy. I'm going through depression. I'm going like this, you know, and some of the people don't have the ability, don't have the insurance and things, you know, research it, but check with the physician because I don't know your physical makeup. I'm sorry. I don't. I know the magnesium. I know the insulin. I know the amino acids, the altorine, the stuff I'm taking for my erectile dysfunction, the stuff I'm taking like CBD. You know, they got me off that fucking uh, Wellbutrin and I was an animal. I mean, I was an absolute animal. But I take the CBD stuff. My PTSD is calm. I have no issues. It takes a little bit. It's got to be consistent. That's why I only go with Rack Ops now. That's not a plug. It's a veterans group. They make the best for me. You know, you may need something else. You may need 1,500 milligrams. You may need, you know, something 2,000 milligrams. I don't know. Talk with somebody. Get some information. Look what's best for you. There's options out there, but it's going to cost you a hell of a lot more. That's the downside. You can go to any Walmart, and I've seen some stores that give metformin for free if you're a diabetic, you know, because they're trying to help you out with your diabetes. Diabetes is huge. You heard the commercial on Obesity USA. I was 330 pounds. I'd go to GNC, drop $200 on my vitamins. I shit you not. I was taking biotin. I was taking all kinds of B complexes, the amino acids. I was taking chromium picolinate. Different things to see what it would cost to keep me alive. So by spending on that, I had to cut back on other things. But you know what? That was then. This is now. I'm 200 pounds. I've simplified. I learned about keto diets, but not going so far as to remove all carbs because, you know, you've heard where people were on specialized diets. I'm not going to throw the diets names out there because they interpreted the instructions differently than I did. I know you have to have certain carbs, you know? And it's like with my coffee intake, now I'm drinking what's called mud water, M-U-D-W-T-R, not W-A-T-E-R. I'm not trying to take it, but, you know, it's got mushrooms and it's got turmeric and stuff. And it's like, wow, I'm not as jittery. I'm not as bouncing. I'm still drinking my coffee. I'm drinking less. I'm 54 years old. I want to make it to 75 just to piss off some motherfuckers that I know that just were complete assholes when I was a Teletubby because they, they were hoping I would die. Yeah, they didn't want this kind of competition. I kid you. I kid you. There were great friends that were busting my balls just trying to help me be healthy. But it's hard. It's difficult. I learned this keto trick. But the one thing that really has helped with, like, you know, just a couple of months ago, just in the last year, let's just think five months ago, I was around 230, 225. In less than four months, I'm 200 pounds. The keto worked. And then this new shit, well, it's not new. It was new to me, intermittent fasting. I don't eat after a certain time of day and I don't eat before nine o'clock in the morning ever unless my blood sugar drops. And now instead of having high blood sugar, my blood sugar drops more than it used to. I'm not going to tell you to plan. I'm not going to tell you to prepare, communicate, engage today. Fuck that. Live. And don't just say, I'm going to live so I can do this. Don't just live to be there for somebody else. Live for yourself. Don't plan anything. Go out and research. Do crazy shit. Get that stress off of you. And then look at what you can change to keep that going. 
you know, like these people that wrote to me asking me to give certain things, you know, on Facebook, I have a page. I, I haven't ran it in a while. It's still there, you know, called Don't Sugarcoat the Cure. Go on there. Join it. Connect with me there. Go on to Minded Constant Motion. Send me a message. You want some help? I'm not the best person. You know, if you're trying to lose weight, look at Dr. Pat Malone's book. I told you about it. Why am I sick, fat, and tired? Fucking yeast, sugar, all the chemicals and shit. And, and it's just cheaper, people. It's cheaper for them to produce. It'll last longer. You know, people don't know how to can anymore. They don't know how to get out and do a fucking garden. We're killing ourselves in order that we could spend less and have more time to do what? Netflix and chill? Shit, that reminds me. There's a new show. Anyhow, I love you. Thank you for listening. Now get the fuck out of here and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless. You've been listening to the Diary of a Bald Man. How do you feel? A little dizzy? Maybe a little nauseous? That was one hell of a ride, I know. It's our passion to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, Google Alan the Safety Guy. You'll find all the socials there. Connect with us or else. See you next time on Diary of a Bald Man. <laughs> <laughs>